Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, I don't want to overstate anything here, but I would say it is quite fair to say that the Democrats haven't started off in a very stellar form here as they have taken control of Washington, D.C. and our government. Of course, they've got a long way to go, and I am by no way, by no means am I trying to say that this is a foregone conclusion, that this is where this ends up, because I do not put anything past these folks. But it is less than um, it is less than what we were, I guess, told to expect. Remember, these are folks that think that they know better than the rest of us. These are folks that think that it is their their duty to basically micromanage our lives making everything just perfect in Washington, D.C. Welcome to the program. I am your host, Todd Huff. Email your thoughts, opinions. You know, I'll even accept your adoration and praise. Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. Facebook, we're there. YouTube, we're there. Currently, who knows? Safest thing to do is either go to our website to watch the program, ToddHuffShow.com, or subscribe to the podcast, which you can find on Virtually any of the places you would listen to podcasts, just search for The Todd Huff Show. So we've got Cuomo out there. We've got the minimum wage problem out there. We've got, you know, I'm a little bit embarrassed to say this. I didn't see this. (laughs) I didn't see this from a, a couple of weeks ago. Biden, when he was on that CNN town hall, Uh, talking about the COVID vaccine. The reason this is back in the news, and I'll just briefly talk about this. I find this, it's just remarkable to to just look at how dramatically, and I know we know this, I, I know, but it's just amazing to watch how dramatically the media shifts in the way that they cover a president. Right? I mean, Biden, has Biden even had his first press conference yet? No. What about the State of the Union? When are we gonna do that? Are we going to do that? I don't even know. I mean, if Trump had gone this long, we know that there would be a countdown a countdown clock on the side of the TV that, or wherever online that says uh, Biden or Trump is hiding from the American people or whatever the such, such thing that there is. But Biden had this town hall a couple of weeks ago, CNN with Anderson Cooper. And the reason this is now coming to my attention, and I'm looking here at redstate.com, headline, ABC News outlet tries to debunk Biden problematic minorities getting online comment, epic fail ensues. So basically that some fact checkers that were trying to clarify or to dismiss comments made by Biden it's about, well, I'm going to let you hear it yourself. I, I hadn't heard this. I, you know, I, maybe you have, I don't know how I didn't because I hear you know, a lot of these things on a regular basis, but, and you know how much I love, you know, some of the silly things, ridiculous things, stupid things Biden says. My still, my all-time favorite is still the corn pop story. I don't, that's going to be tough to beat if you ask me. That's going to be really tough to beat just simply because there's so much there. 
I mean, we've got a 19, what is it, 1960s Joe Biden working as a lifeguard at the pool, threatening some guy on the diving board. We've got some random guy in the pool house telling him to use a six-foot piece of chain <laughs> to, to fight Corn Pop in the parking lot. Corn Pop and his a couple of his uh, buddies were nicking up razors on the curb of the sidewalk. You know, Biden says, you know how they used to do, like we're supposed to know this, dipping the, the razor blades in water to make them rusty. I guess trying to transmit tetanus to to Joe Biden. Anyway, that's my favorite. But, you know, there's so many little things to choose from. Remember, remember when he told... um. Oh, what is uh, Charlemagne? Charlemagne the God, whatever that's supposed to mean. Remember when he told him on The Breakfast Club that you ain't black if you don't vote for him? Remember that? <laughs> I just, the way that he's allowed to say whatever he wants, and there's no consequences, no ramifications, no repercussions, because after all, he's a leftist. He cares about people. If if it appears he doesn't, or if it, appear, it appears something that he says is racist or hateful or inconsiderate if he's sniffing um, some woman or child's hair in an uncomfortable fashion, touching and grabbing, that stuff's all okay because it's Biden and it can't be it can't be anything other than just somebody showing their affection, care, and concern for people because that's what Democrats do. Republicans, on the other hand, are evil, racist, homophobes who hate women, who hate children. <laughs> this is how it's portrayed. But I hadn't heard this. This is, again, from redstate.com. Apparently, ABC, an an affiliate, tried to fact-check this. In fact, the tweet says, this is ABC 11 Eyewitness News. No, President Biden did not tweet about minorities not being able to use the Internet. Now, he didn't tweet it, but apparently... He said something pretty darn close to that. I mean, I think you could say he said that here at the town hall with Anderson Cooper a couple of weeks ago. Here it is. Listen for yourself. The uh, the other part portion is a lot of people don't know how to register. Not everybody in the community, in the Hispanic and the African-American community, particularly in uh, uh, rural areas that are distant and or inner city districts know how to use, know how to get online to determine how to get in line for that COVID vaccination at the, at the Walgreens or at, at, at the particular store. Okay, so that's, that's the, the comment. Not everybody, not everybody in the African-American and black communities, especially in rural communities, know how to get, know how to get online and register at their Walgreens or wherever to get their COVID vaccine. This was now pause for a moment, and it could have look. We have to take into account, and and I think okay. There's a couple things that are true here. Number one, what is true is that Joe Biden says dumb things sometimes. Now, anyone who talks often will make a mistake or say something dumb. It may have even happened on this program, may have even happened on this program. But you talk a lot, you make mistakes, right? So let's, let's, there's the human aspect. But there's also the aspect that Joe Biden just says things that don't make any sense. There's also the aspect that the media um, goes out of its way to cover for the Democrats, for Joe Biden, 
to the extent to where this this uh, this tweet actually says Biden didn't tweet about it. Minorities not being able to use the internet. It, it wasn't a tweet. He said it uh, during a town hall, and it's again maybe what he meant was they don't have access in rural communities to the internet like some folks do in you know, suburban or urban areas where there's more people. Maybe, but again, why target? Why target racial groups as, as pointing that out? Just, hey, people that aren't – people who are in rural areas can't go online. And by the way, I find this peculiar too as someone who's been – who is and has been an entrepreneur. Why would you go this, – this is blaming the customer essentially. This is blaming the customer. Hey, you idiots out there don't know how to use the internet is basically what, what Biden's saying. And he throws in their race and ethnicity in, uh, as well, which – which would, for a Republican, make this racially charged language, right? That's how Anderson Cooper would have fallen over on stage, fall, grabbed his heart and you know shuffled his papers and taken steps backwards, almost falling over. Don Lemon would have probably run up on stage to help him. Tough guy Chris Cuomo might have come and take a swung, taken a swing at somebody up there for saying that. But it's Joe Biden. We're allowed to do that. He's allowed to do that. But blaming the customer, it's just it's just a peculiar thing to me, uh, the, the way that government thinks. And this, uh, to me, this is such a – forget about Biden's ridiculous comment or just, just the, the idea here, the idea here that what government is trying to do – and I, I'm not saying it shouldn't. Obviously, it should try to mitigate the, the effects of COVID. And yes, I saw, you know, Texas is now getting rid of their mask mandate in a week. By the way, CNN's take on that is quite interesting. What do they they said? The headline here, the headline here on CNN. If I can find it, listen to this headline. It says this. It says Biden urges patience on COVID as Republican governors go rogue on reopenings. There are now fifteen states, according to reports, that are not going to have mask mandates. And I'm looking here. Gavin Newsom calls that absolutely reckless. Beto calls that a death warrant for Texans. And Julian Castro says this decision isn't based in science at all. I'm looking at a Fox News uh, screenshot here, a graphic as I'm I'm talking with you. But anyway, what does it mean? States are going rogue. They're not following the orders of the great uh, uh, Joe Biden. About called him Obama because he's part of the Oh, Biden-Bama administration. This is the third term, I guess, of that. But you look at all this stuff. You look at, and again, government should, I understand, trying to mitigate things like this, public health. There is a, there is a, um, a public concern for this. But we have gone way outside the realm. Folks, we are a year into this now. A year, in, in fact, this was almost a year exactly. I think it was another week or so where we, at least here in my area, effectively shut everything down and changed life as we as we know it. So I understand there's there is certainly a public um, concern with with public health situations. But we know a lot more than we did before. We know, for example, the CDC's told us that there's virtually none. In fact, I saw a CDC spokesperson several months back say that there were literally zero documented cases of asymptomatic carrier spread of coronavirus, zero. That's what she said. 
So I get trying to, you know, to, to do these things to mitigate. But you also have to talk about follow the science. Two masks, following the science, I guess. Well, if two works, why not three? This is like the minimum wage debate. Where does this stop? AOC says the minimum wage really should be $24 an hour. I don't know where she gets those numbers, if she's gotten a memo from heaven or where that comes from, but she says it should be $24 an hour. Fauci says we should now wear two masks. The CDC says two masks is a good thing. Why not three? Why not raise AOC's minimum wage to $75 an hour? I mean, where does this stop? Who who makes these decisions? But these these government officials are in these positions of authority. They tell us what they think should happen, the steps that they're going to take um, to get us there. And, of course, it never gets us there, folks. It never, it never gets us there. If we raise the minimum wage to $15 an hour, the second the bill is signed, you're going to hear it should be $24 an hour or 20 or 25 or 36 or whatever the number is. It's never going to be enough. Again, with the masks, one mask was sufficient. At first, no masks were sufficient. Now it's one mask. Well, then it was one mask. Now it's two masks. And the government always fails. And why do they fail? As Biden says here, because you got basically idiot customers. They don't know how to use the Internet. And he even references their race and ethnicity. This isn't how this isn't how you do this in, in the real world. And by the way, what do they do when they don't solve the problem? They take more money. Well, they make you think they're taking more money for COVID relief and so forth. But really what they're doing is giving a lot of money to uh, their special interests, their pet projects, their friends through this COVID relief package. $1.9 trillion. We are just starting, by the way. We're just starting the process of spending in Washington, D.C. Buckle up because Biden has a couple of spending bills in the chamber, if I'm allowed to use that analogy, ready to go, lock, stock, and barrel here. Once they pass COVID relief, probably in the next, what, they want to pass it by March, have it signed by March 14th. So anyway, I'm, the, the larger picture here this morning is this is not a good start. This is not a good start, whether you take the Cuomo scandal, whether you take Biden and his fumbling, you got near uh, Tandon, who's now withdrawn her nomination, You've got Joe Manchin, who says he's not going to stand for the elimination of the filibuster under any circumstances in Washington, D.C. in the Senate. This causes all sorts of problems for the Democrats' plans. You've got Democrats. Here we are, what, five or six weeks into the Biden reign, and they're already looking at trying to break the rules of the Senate, their own Senate, to get things passed, which includes the increase of the minimum wage, which we talked about yesterday with this COVID relief bill. It's not off to a stellar start. We're, these are supposed to be the experts. These are supposed to be the people that have it all together. These are the ones that Donald J. Trump kept us from from following. We're told this is the these are the ones that uh, that, that knew best all along for president uh, when President Donald Trump was in office, and even before that, and of course now as well. But they don't look like they can walk and chew gum at the same time to me. So they can still put it together. I'm not celebrating over this. I find it somewhat comical at this point. We still got a long, long way to go. But if this is the way that this that this power is going to be uh, utilized in Washington D.C. by the left, 
I have a feeling they're going to fall short of many other expectations, but we can never, ever, ever fall asleep on them. Never, because they will use any and every means at their disposal, even if they've got to break the rules, as we talked about yesterday. So quick timeout is in order. You're listening to Conservative Not Bitter Talk. I am America's realities are. Back here in just a minute. talking about Oz with this behind the scenes during the break. This is something I saw, I think, yesterday. It could have been the day before. I can't tell you how much this has entertained me. This is in Psychology Today, written by Corey Clark, Ph.D. I don't know what her personal pronouns are. It looks here from the image that she is white, if that affects any of your perspective on what is about to be shared with you, although I don't know how she identifies. I just want to make sure I say that up front. Headline here, are liberals really more egalitarian? Subheadline, recent studies, I stink and love this beyond belief, folks. Recent studies find conservatives treat others more equally than liberals. Oh, here's the bullet points and the takeaways. Recent experiments reveal that in some cases, it is liberals who tend to treat information and people more unequally on the basis of sex, race, and group status. Well, no joke. I didn't need to do some in-depth research to tell you this, and you didn't need it either, but it's still interesting to find because normally what happens, normally what happens is some intellectual, and I don't know, Corey Clark. So I, I'm not. This is not directed at her whatsoever. But just normally, what happens is, the rest of us can see something as obvious as the noonday sun. Some liberal researcher goes away into his basement or think tank or wherever coffee shop with a bunch of other liberals, wherever they go, and they come up with a study research. A bunch of people probably in white coats, and they come up with research that says, "Hey." This what you see as obvious as the noonday sun really isn't true, and they'll give some explanation. They'll give some, you know, very uh, verbose and just long-winded explanation that doesn't make any sense, but supposed to sound really intelligent. And you're supposed to think, oh man, everything I thought was wrong, right? I mean, th- this is how people feel guilty for their whiteness or whatever. You have a bunch of researchers come out and say how much um, just white your whiteness is is a problem this is how these things get on linkedin study courses on how to basically cope with your whiteness linkedin i guess has since taken down at least the most egregious uh, online studies that they had posted on their platform but these are the sorts of things that happen somebody with some credentials phd master of this whatever comes out and says hey this is this is what science this is what the science says. The science says X. Now, so this isn't this is actually telling us something we know and it is quite entertaining. She also the the second bullet point here uh, kind of summarizing the article says this in a set of stu- in a set of studies liberals wished to censor written passages that portrayed low status groups unfavorably more than identical passages that portrayed high status groups unfavorably, whereas conservatives treated the passages 
more comparably. Again, not surprising. This does not necessarily mean that liberals are not egalitarian, is what the summary says, although I seriously doubt that. It might be that liberals prioritize equality of outcomes, and there we go, and view equal uh, and view unequal treatment, at least for a time, as a means of attaining equal outcomes. I want to speak to that for a moment, and I want to shift gears here after the break to another story that I think demonstrates this or illustrates this quite well. But I, for people who say things like this, which which is okay, I, I believe in the equal. This is what this the bullet point here is saying. I believe in the equal treatment of people, but for the meantime, since there's been such you know societal uh, you know, evil or bad will directed towards this particular group of people, right? This is again, this is how the left wants to look at the world. They want to look at everybody as part of a group. In fact, communism is the ultimate group. You don't have any rights as a you're just one cog in the wheel. See, for conservatives, for conservatives, I say we are in we are a group of individual people. You are an individual person. Yes, of course we are a we we can be a group of people as Americans, but we are individuals who come together. We're not a group of people that are disposable, you know, the, 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 the sum of people that one piece missing here or there is no big deal. That's where really bad things happen throughout history when people are no longer looked at as individuals. You are an individual with your own desires, dreams, passions, um, objectives, desires, whatever, wishes, preferences. This is the way that, I mean, we were all created different. We have different interests, different ideas, different things that we, we want to pursue in our lives, different things that are on our list of priorities. Some people don't have a list of priorities, whatever. You're free to do whatever, whatever you wish insofar as it doesn't affect someone else's life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, property, that sort of thing. So... Liberals look at people the opposite. You're part of a group first. A group has this identity, and you're just kind of one little piece, which is, by the way, if that's the way you look at it, the pieces quickly become disposable because it's the group identity that matters. And if one person's missing, people say, ah, that's just the price you pay. And that just seems like a pretty heartless thing to me as a, as a human being. But anyway, anyway, I digress a little bit here. But what what they're saying here is that in order to in order to fix something that society or government or whoever did wrong towards a group of people at one point, you have to overcorrect. Right. So the pendulum may have swung really far one direction. And in order to get it back to the, to the center point, you got to swing it really far to the other direction. The problem is. Then when you swing it too far the other direction, you got to swing it back the other direction, right? And so you're constantly interfering in things and you're constant you're, you're never doing exactly the right thing because the thinking is in order to do to have the right outcome, I have to push it further. We talked a little bit about this yesterday. It's why the left moves further left. If they want to move the ideology to the left, they know that it's never going to be as far left as their positions, but it'll move somewhat proportionally to some degree to the direction they move left. So they'll go completely off uh, off the hinges to the left 
because it'll pull some establishment Republicans and public opinion overall to further to the left. Same sort of thing here. If you overcorrect, you're going to have problems in the other direction. Instead of just saying, look, let's just treat everybody like people. Let's just treat everyone like a human being. Let's treat people as an individual. Let's for a moment, and this is me talking, let's for a moment stop thinking about everybody as part of a group. If someone has had an injustice done to them, then justice should be served. But you can't just the, the amount of the amount of things that they the government says it can fix in the name of injustices to a group of people. In many instances, Biden, by the way, Biden's administration, there was an advisor that came out and said they've already begun the process of looking into reparations, even without congressional support. Reparations. We're talking about reparations for effectively slavery, for people that being paid for by people who never had a slave, never wanted a slave, never talked about any of those things. People, because of their race, because they belong to a certain other group, are going to have to compensate people who, this won't be popular as well, but who also were not ever slaves. But because of the, and I'm not saying there's no consequences of these things, but reparations. By the way, if you want to do something in this nation that is that totally, uh, that totally destroys any hope of reconciling groups of people. Make one group give money to the other group by force of law or by an edict made by by President Joe Biden. That's going to go over well. Anyway, but this is what they this is how they view things. Well, we're here to make things everything everything right and fair and just. And in order to get to the justice, we've got to go past the point of fairness. We have to overcorrect. To, to create that, you know, to, to end up where we really want to be instead of just doing the right thing, instead of just treating people as individuals, instead of pitting one group of people against another. Why can't we just, and I know the answer to this, but for those of you who are rational and who do this already amongst yourselves on a daily basis, why can't we just treat people the way that they should be treated as individuals instead of coming up with some sort of a scheme to create or to to correct this this larger this larger issue of of injustice done to some particular group by some other group and then you know make one group pay for the other or whatever the case may be headline here in the psychology today article says recent studies find conservatives treat others more equally than liberals take a quick time out when we get back i want to share an example of this an example of this that i've Again, the craziness is, again, just sometimes immeasurable here. Quick time out. Come back and discuss that. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. Welcome back. By the way, the program here is brought to you in part by our friends, by our friends at Indiana Wooded Paradise. Indiana Paradise Retreat is the website. Again, Indiana Paradise Retreat is the website about one hour south of Indy, 30 30 minutes north of 
Bloomington nestled into 150 wooded acres with hiking, fishing, very large lake house, 11,400 square feet, theater, game room, all sorts of amenities there. And you can take, you can have, um, you can have retreats or use this property. Again, it's Indiana Wooded Paradise. Visit them at indianaparadiseretreat.com. So, started a hint last segment as something else I wanted to share with you today. We just, last last segment talked about the Psychology Today article saying that conservatives, according to studies, according to science you could say, science pro- science proves that conservatives treat people more equally than liberals, which this has entertained me to no end. But of course it's something that we knew, but to see it, to see it written in a, in a scientific journal is something altogether different for me. Anyway, there is a situation that has developed. I'm pulling up the article here. But do you remember the um, – there was a poet, a poet who spoke at Biden's inauguration. And let me find this thing. I get too many things pulled up here is my problem. But there was a poet who spoke uh, – here we go. At Biden's inauguration, her name is Amanda Gorman. She's 22, a young black lady. She spoke. She she wrote a, a, a poem, and she spoke that poem at the inauguration. For those of you who may have who may have watched it, I did see it. Again, she's 22, Amanda Gorman. So. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. So they're translating these poems into different languages. And there is a, an individual, and I don't even know if I'm going to try to pronounce the name because it's Dutch, and I am not <laughs> uh, know that I can pull this off. But the Dutch translator who is in the, taking Amanda Gorman's work, by the way, according to this article here in the New York Post, this translator was personally chosen by Gorman herself, personally chosen by the 22-year-old black poet to translate her work, her works, in the collection called The Hill We Climb, to, to Dutch. So she personally chose this particular translator. But that choice, writes the New York Post, sparked intense outrage with journal uh, with journalist and activist Janice Duell D E U L writing in Volkskrant that the translator should be a spoken word artist, young uh, female, and unapologetically black. So apparently, just like Joe Biden doesn't think you're black if you vote for if you vote for uh, Trump instead of him. Apparently, this journalist and activist doesn't think, I guess, doesn't think that Gorman, I mean, she's questioning the choices of who she wants to translate her work, saying that the person who translates it needs to be a spoken word artist themselves. I mean, this is really narrowing down your options. You have to know Dutch, which, I mean, that, look, Dutch isn't one of the most highly spoken languages on the planet, so you have to know Dutch. You have to be a spoken word artist. You have to be young, whatever that means. I don't know 
Janice Duell has not given us an age range. I don't know if that's just in your twenties. What what does that mean? We need to we need to consult Janice over this. Female now does that mean female biologically? Does that mean female by you know how they identify? What does that mean? That's a fair question in today's world. And unapologetically black. Unapologetically black. What if they're black and I mean and have they what makes them unapologetically black how many things have they had I mean what is Janice the the sole I guess a decision maker in this process anyway long story short the the Dutch translator pulls out after this uproar she pulls out she's not gonna do it the the again I just she says this or she wrote this I am shocked by the uproar you shouldn't be, Dutch translator, surrounding my involvement in the spread of Amanda Gorman's message, and I understand the people who feel hurt um, by, by this, basically. So just let this sink in. If you are white, you can't even help translate poems that are supposed to further um, the, the, the message – of this particular black poet. You can't do that. Does that sound equal to you? Doesn't to me. There's the left that sounds perfectly legitimate and rational. I'm telling you folks, you will never satisfy this bunch of ultra leftists. They are insatiable. They will never be happy. They always want more power, more capitulation, more Apologies, more control, more of your money. It never ends. It truly never ends. And this is when they are in they are in control. They are in control. This is how they're behaving. I don't think this is off to a good start. Actually, I know it's not. A little bit comical to watch, but still terrifying because they have the the, the reins of power. Quick time out. You're listening here to the home of conservative not better talk. I'm your host, Todd Uff, back here in just a just a minute. There's one other thing I wanted to touch on today, and I just I just wanted to throw this out there. And I know you've probably thought about this yourself already, but I just I wanted to put this into words um, as we're looking at. I want to talk about the COVID legislation. About you know we're we're on to what COVID relief bill number I jokingly say 612 or whatever, but there's going to be probably multiple more. This is now we've now set a precedent, right? We've set a precedent. And, you know, there's been multiple checks to the American people. Um, I will say, you know, this this concept is not a is not a good one. But of all the things that have ever happened, being forced by government not to be able to engage in commerce seems to be the most excusable um, measure that would have preceded a check going out. If they tell you you cannot work or, you know, you can't open your business, um, the, the the strongest case for them uh, to be made for them to actually provide something in, in lieu of that seems to be the most reasonable. Still not a good precedent. I'm not arguing in favor of it. I'm simply saying uh, if you look at these things by degrees, this is the one that seems to be something that's easiest to wrap our heads around. But nonetheless, what I'm afraid of, 
what I'm afraid of here is that this process where the government sends you money, sends you, general you, you money, the American people money, it creates in the minds of people that wealth and our sustenance comes from comes from government. Getting people to assume that income comes from government when it's actually exactly the opposite. The reason government has money, folks, is because people in this nation, risk takers, hard workers, entrepreneurs, business owners, professionals have created you know, blue, blue collar, white collar, people have created wealth, meaning that they have created things of value and wealth was the result. Money represents the increased value that is supposedly that has been created. Now, in today's world, government is printed, but that's a whole other thing. But in theory, you know, the money is the physical representation of wealth that has been created, of, of making things better than they were before you, the human hand touched it. And so government gets their money whenever we have more wealth than is needed to survive, and they can actually take taxes. That's where they get their money from. But some people, this, this mentality, this mentality of looking to the government for money concerns me because people might begin to think, as some do, that government or money comes from government, not the other way around. Quick time out. Back here in just a minute. back that's all the time that we have today but a couple of things number one number one if you um, if you're watching this on facebook social media please like share comment i appreciate that i try to respond as much as i can number two number two if you're looking for a way to make sure that you get this content every day go ahead and download our podcast it's actually easy to do some of you may have never done it before it's not difficult at all in fact if you've got an iphone just tap on the apple podcast button and search the Todd Huff show and hit subscribe totally free it'll just come to your device every day so that you can catch all of this program and the last thing is if you want more content sign up for our free all these things are free by the way free email newsletter goes out every week went out yesterday Todd slash subscribe gotta go thanks for listening have a great day SDGC tomorrow take care